Ellis Island. I don't know if you remember from history, but it's a great uh, import for our nation for a number of years where millions came, uh, immigrants came to America to find freedom, to worship, to live, to have opportunities. I read one thing studying this, but about 40% of Americans that are living today can trace our ancestry back to this particular place where it was kind of a, an inroad. And uh, they had um, a lot of the, when they would interview people, it would take three to four hours, but they also kind of mastered this big six-second exam and basically, if you didn't make it through that six-second exam, they, they, they put a uh, chalk on you, a chalk mark. And about 2% failed to be able to come because of maybe criminal records or disease or something. But it was just an amazing place that gave gateway to so many people, you know, such people as uh, Bob Hope and others. That's where they came through, and he definitely touched our nation. But anyway, I, I just thought it was kind of interesting today as we talk about the land of the free. We talk about freedom, and we talk about freedom as a nation, and I hope you caught my prayer a minute ago. Monty, I just want to thank you on behalf of our congregation for serving our country. Y'all, let's thank Monty and Kim Cannon for serving our nation. Amen. We're going to miss y'all. And uh, please stay in touch, Facebook, emails, cards, letters, offerings, cars, certificates, anything you want to say. Anyway, we're, we're proud of y'all. Thanks for blessing us. Well, this morning, I want to talk to you about the spiritual reality for the children of God. It's freedom. You know, uh, this Wednesday, it's kind of weird. So this weekend, we have, when, when the fourth falls on a Sunday, it's really rough. But when it falls in the middle of the week, people take off two weekends. So there's a lot of traveling today. We have a lot of guests here today. And I, man, I'm just so glad that you're here. Thanks for joining us. But we talk about freedom. Uh, Wednesday, I would say most of us are probably going to gather with some friends or family. And we're going to have some barbecue or something favorite dish and we're going to uh, enjoy one another. I, I know we're looking forward to being with my mother-in-law that's sick this morning and then we've got a family thing later that day, but it's just a, a time for family to gather and I hope we'll remember what it's really about. But there's a passage that I want to talk about a little later. It's Galatians. We're going to talk about the freedom we have in Jesus, but I want to go at a little bit different thing about having freedom, having access to heaven, and then we'll go to that. So if you have your Bibles with you, will you turn to Hebrews chapter 11? Just uh, open your copy of the scriptures or maybe look with somebody. And if you'll just stand, I want to read these particular passages to us. So if everybody in God's house would stand, whether you have the scripture or not, and I'm, re I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, that's the great hall, uh, the roll call of faith of the great heroes of the faith that went before us. They're the great surrounding army that surround us in heavenly places, that vast army. But in, in verse 13, it says these words, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. And if they had longed for the country that they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. You can be seated. You know, when I think about, I'll share the words of a great song in a minute, but I think about what freedom is. Let's go back to the message truth. Right there in the middle of your outline, the very top of your outline, uh, a lot of times over the years, I will print that. That's kind of where I'm hoping the takeaway, if you will. I even try to just net it out like, here's what I hope you get today. I hope, 
you know, it's amazing. Sometimes I say one line and that's all you remember and that's all you needed. Or one word encourages your soul. Or maybe it takes the entire message. But I want you to look at the message truth with me. It says freedom didn't start with the Declaration of Independence, although we think maybe it did. Ultimately, it was initiated by our God in heaven. God has established freedom through Christ, and it calls for a response every time. And it calls for the response for you and me to serve one another. I want you to underline serve one another. That's where I'm really going to land this plan. I, I probably shouldn't have told you that. And you're like, well, if you're going to land it, go ahead and land it now. We'll leave. Well, you know, preachers don't do that. I mean, you know, you're, we're known for being gregarious. We're known for being loquacious. We're known for being short-winded. Yeah. Hey, 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 watch it now. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go too long. I'm not going to read all the book of Hebrews as Jeff read uh, all six chapters in Joshua. I'm, I'm riding down the road. And man, did a great job last weekend bringing God's word. And Jeff says, I've never done this before. Now, you got to remember, when you're the pastor here and you're the lead pastor and you preach, and Jeff's our anointed worship leader and teacher of God's word, and just he says, I've never done this. I leaned in to my CD player. And then he began to read God's word to us. It's like the Old Testament where they would read the oracles. They would read the words of faith. But I want you to look here with me. Here's this hallmark of faith. And here he says, there's something better. There's something that's going to last forever. And it's heaven. As I get older, I think about heaven more today than I've ever thought about. You're saying, well, you ought to. You know, you're getting old. And Donna has this thing that we laugh about our home Anytime somebody tells you their age, she always likes to double it, and she goes, you're half of this. I had a young woman walk up to me today, you like that I called her a young woman. She said, Pastor, I'm going to turn 40 years of age next week. I said, you're half of 80, before I even thought it came out. We say, I'm 53, Donna goes, you're, gonna be, you're half 106, babe. Now that sounds kind of ancient, doesn't it? But we just laugh about it. But I'm looking forward to heaven. I like what this earth has. I, I love family. We're really excited now about what God's got in store for us come February. But right now, I'm still thinking about heaven. My, my heart, your heart has to be on heaven. That blessed hope yet to come. There are people in this congregation that have lost your loved ones recently. There are others that your parents are possibly struggling now or maybe a, a colleague or somebody young. You know, death is inevitable. It's going to come to every one of us. And my whole prayer is that we just find the freedom to live in this life, the abundance that Jesus came to give. And yet, with our eyes on heaven, looking at saying, God, this is not my home. I'm just passing through. But let's fill in some blanks. Number one, we live by a different standard as followers of Jesus Christ. We just have a different way. We have a different conviction. We have a different set of rules that we live by and follow. Hopefully we have that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And here, as these sailors saw a shoreline a great distance away, they stood at the rail shouting, there it is, a beautiful land. Look at all those people waving back at us. I think about Ellis Island. Of course, I wasn't there, but as I have watched the old film about it, it's, a, it's an amazing place. You know, I, you know, a lot of us, we, we don't understand that. We were born Americans. We've had our freedom. But maybe our grandparents or our great-grandparents know about this freedom, or maybe there's other people. And our family... The freedoms of America has become more special to us because of our precious son-in-law. We love him with all our heart on, on that last flag down there, the Canadian flag. He's a Canadian. He loves his nation. He loves this nation that he lives in. And yet they have to go through a lot of things and have to get recertified and all this kind of stuff every so many years. A lot of people say, well, he married Rachel. Doesn't that make him American? 
the rules changed at 9-11 folks it's a very difficult process and yet i've learned to appreciate our country more than i've ever loved when i hear about people taking tests and having to do things and learning the history that we know that we were taught in school or that we take for granted but but freedom and yet i want you to go past this world i want you to think about your heavenly home leaving the old country behind abraham did that moses with the israelites out of egypt rahab and jericho all through scriptures you you see that people could have returned but they wanted something better they didn't want to go back they they welcome a promised land from a distance see heaven is at a distance and it's a little farther for some of us than it is others depending on when god lets our last clock the last tick of our heart beat, but heaven is not that far away. I love what Jesus said in the fourth chapter of Matthew one day. He says, guys, if you really want to get the kingdom, if you really want to know about the kingdom, drop your net. And as you drop your net, follow me. And that's what Jesus would tell us today in 2012 as we get ready for Declaration Day, 4th of July. If you want to know freedom in your soul, drop your net, abandon the things of this world, and follow me follow after christ there's a story in the 1500s and 1519 that i love stephen curtis chapman that dates me a little bit of being a christ follower but i remember listening to him in the early years and even with the girls when they were young and we would listen to stephen curtis chapman and he had a great song called burn the ships when uh hernando cortez came into veracruz to take over the aztecs there was about 12 ships that he had coming in, and they were going in to take over a group of people. And yet he came up with this philosophy. He knew that they would want to turn around and maybe go back because there was such a massive effort of people there. And history tells us, or at least as I did more study, they say maybe it's a legend, but it's a great story. As they went in, he turned back and he says, burn the ships. I don't want them to even be tempted to turn around and to leave, burn the ships. That's what it is to follow Christ. Burn the ships, abandon the things of this world, and follow after Christ. Because I don't know about you, but I, I think I do. All of us have a propensity to want to wander. We just want to wander. We're, the hymn would say we're, our hearts are prone to wander. Do I have a witness in the house? Is anybody here prone to wander but me? I'm just prone to wander and get over there and some stuff I don't need to be doing. You're saying, but you're the preacher. I'm just human, just like you. I put on my pants just like y'all did this morning. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. I love that guy. Amen. He put his on too. Okay, here it is. So it's like, you know, the guy, when we talk about freedom, it's like the guy that got on the bus in the city. He was in a foreign city. And I've been in those foreign cities. And, and you look around, you want to see if anybody looks like you. And then you realize they don't look like you. And you realize, hey, I'm, I'm, just, a, I'm just a foreigner. I'm just kind of coming through this land. Look at the second thing. We die with a different hope. When we place our faith in Christ, we have hope. We're not as those that are hopeless. We're not as those that don't have a reason to celebrate and to trust in eternal life in Jesus Christ. But we have hope. So these people here in Hebrews, they say they long for a better place. You know, what kind of hope do we have? John Wesley of the Methodist Church said this, our people die well. And when I read that, he says, that's what I try to teach our people. I want them to teach them to live, but I want to teach them to die well. And they die well because they're full of faith and they're full of hope, they're full of possibility, and they're full of the joy of the Lord. And I would say that to us today. 
I hope you're living a full life, and I hope you live for decades and scores of years if you're young. And some of you are saying, if you're old, you're going, I don't want to live scores of years. Do you know what this body's going to do if it gets to be 150? Well, that would be interesting. But I think about this. Are you full of joy this morning? Are you full of hope in Jesus Christ? You know, if you're young today, you go, man, I, I hope I got a lot of years, Pastor. And if you're old, you're going, well, I hope I got a few more. I don't know anybody right now is just wanting to check out. I mean, I hope you don't check out during this sermon. But abiding in Christ, abiding to the end. You know, there, there's two worlds. There's this world that we live in. It's the natural world. We see it. Right now we look around, we walk out, and today we are going to feel the elements of this world. It will be 103 degrees in the shade in Montgomery, Alabama. Hallelujah. That's a precursor to hell, folks. And it's going to sweep up, 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 up. And if you really want to just suffer a little bit and you're really not ready to go to heaven, come to our house this afternoon. I won't be there and go inside. It's going to be hot. But yet, God's given us some joy. He's given us hope. He's given us an eternal home that he's paid the way for. So we get ready for that. We have a hope. We believe. Uh, Jim Elliott, the great missionary, he, he has... His life was full of promise. It was full of faith. He had an incredible legacy. But the one quote that I've read year after year after year, and read it again this week in preparation for today. And of course, I've probably memorized it, but I want to go, I want to get it word for word. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. You know what? When you take hold of Jesus and he becomes real to you and you have a relationship, you can't lose hope of that. Is that good news, church? And that you have the promise of eternal life in Christ when you repent and receive the Savior and make him the Lord of your life. Man, that's what I'm hoping we're longing for as we think about freedom. Freedom, freedom not as American so much, but freedom of the soul. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through now i don't know about you it's real easy to want to set up a tabernacle and live here and hold on to earth stuff and go i don't want to give up this world and i'll assure you god is not going to let us take any of it with him with us to heaven only our soul only his word only the relationships that we have in christ and just a quick side mark I just hope you keep sharing your faith. I hope you keep talking about the reality of heaven. I hope you keep talking about what Christ means to you. And Christ is a forgiver of sins. And when Christ's blood covers you, that's the only way to be atoned for, to be covered by the blood, to be robed in the righteousness of Christ. That's the only way we're going to make it into heaven. Amen? I just got to tell you, there's no other way, folks. It's Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to Father but by me. And I get upset when people just won't tell you the truth. And they go, well, you know, it's 2012. God might have another path. God doesn't have another path. He's already provided an eternal lamb that was slain once and for all. Let's continue to go here. The vision of heaven, just write that in your notes. The vision of heaven keeps you moving forward. Keeps me moving forward because some days are really good. Some weeks are really good. Some years are really good. Sometimes it's really tough. But with the vision of heaven in my heart, in your heart, it just kind of pushes me. It, it gets me leaning forward. It gets me pressing into the kingdom of God. I like to talk about the kingdom because for some you'd go, hey, you're not far. You're really close. You're on the edge of the kingdom. 
well, just go ahead and cross over that line. Go ahead and burn the ships. Go ahead and make full commitment. And the third point here, fill it in. We look for a different reward. If you're a Christ follower, there, there's a different reward for you. There is that hope of heaven that I'm talking about. There's that city with eternal fans. See, cities, when you think about cities in the natural, cities are places that are occupied with people. And yet on this earth, we can be around people every day and still be alone. But the reality of heaven is heaven is a city, the city of God, where the sun shines forever and ever. And there will be no more tears in heaven. I'm excited about that one. How about you? And there will be no more pain, and there will be no more sorrow. And yet, the reality of heaven is it's going to be a, a celestial city filled with the reality and the presence of the living Christ forever and ever and ever. And you're never going to ever, ever, ever be alone. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be alone too much. Some of you are like, well, if you were a young mom, you would be. When your kids scream and yell and do all their bodily exercises or functions and everything else, sometimes you just want to be by yourself. But I promise you, you don't want to be alone forever. You don't want to be separated from a loving God in Jesus Christ. Let's look at Revelation 22, too. I just tell you, it's about the provision for God's people, the water of life that flows from the throne of God. John 14, 2, it's going to come up on the throne. You always hear this at a, uh, uh, at a, at a, at a, at a wedding. I hope you don't hear this at a wedding. I went to a wedding yesterday. Hannah was in a, a, a funeral. My father's house has many rooms. I mean, that's a lot of rooms. That's a, that's a big campus. That's a city. And if that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to do what? To prepare, to make preparation he's making now for you and me. Christ has gone ahead to prepare heaven for us. Man, I, I'm longing for that day. I, a lot of times we don't talk about heaven enough. You know, we, we get into the now, but I just want us to always keep one eye on heaven. We want to keep our eye on the heavens as Christ prepares to come. In Philippians 3, 20 and 21, but our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a Savior. And from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly, pitiful bodies so they will become like his glorious body. And the church said, I don't know about you, but I'm pumped up about trading this one in. And some of you are like, me too, brother. And so I'm trying to get up a crowd to go. I want everybody to be there with a new body that I can take chocolate and grapes and my favorite food and the angel can run over and just and feed me and I can shout praises and glory to the lamb. I've just taken great liberty with heaven, I know. All I know is my Savior's there. My daddy's there. A lot of my friends are there. Paul is there. Thomas is there. Onesimus is there. Mephibosheth is there. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. I preached on Mephibosheth last weekend. Let's say Mephibosheth one more time. We'll see if you say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Mephibosheth. And it's funny, this week I've had more people walk up to me and say, hey, I want that message last weekend, I loved it. The M guy. Or they would say it, and they would murder it, and some of them would say it great, and i go, that's awesome. Some of them say, did you make that story up? No, read your Bible. Okay. 
Couldn't make up a story that good. City with eternal fans. All right, freedom. It comes at a great price. We enjoy ultimate freedom in Christ. Not appealing to the flesh, but appealing to Christ. Gaining his riches, his mercy. Embracing the grace of Christ. Galatians 5.1. I love it. It's right there in the middle of your worship, God. Can you just look at it with me? Stay seated. Will you read it with me? Read it in your best voice. Let's read it together. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Christ died to do what? Set us free. So we were in prison. We were in bondage. We were in slavery. The yoke of slavery. And Christ says, I don't want you to stay in that yoke. I want you to be free. I want you to be free indeed. I want you to be free in my son. I want you to be free from the penalty of sin. I want you to be free from the power of sin. I want you to be free from the power of the flesh. I don't want you to indulge in the flesh. I want you to be rooted deeply in my son. And as you are, I want the life of Christ to overflow and to well up is eternal life out of you and then you produce galatians 5 22 and 23 you begin to produce the fruit of the spirit because you're rooted in that which is christ you're rooted that in that which is eternal and that produces the life of the savior oh god give us a church that is rooted in christ that produces what he has we we taste the fruit of the lord and we say that it is good we experience the goodness and the forgiveness and the mercy of god there was a group of people in history that were called the Moravians. They had a lot to do with John Wesley's conversion, but that's not the story I want to tell you. I read something about Moravians this week that I never read. I thought it was very fascinating. It says that they loved Jesus Christ. They were sold out completely. And they said they loved the slaves of that day. And they were so in love with the slaves, they wanted to carry the gospel to them. And they didn't know how to get the gospel to them, but they prayed fervently. And they knew the scriptures, and they prayed, and they witnessed their faith. And they said they were so desperate for the slaves to know Jesus Christ, or for those that had never heard about Christ, that they sold themselves into slavery to forever be kept in slavery that some might know Christ. And I went, where was I at when we talked about that? I missed that. They gave up freedom, liberty, to become slaves to Christ that others might have forgiveness in the real freedom of the soul. What would you call that? I'd call that a hero of the faith. They sold them. I mean, I think about William Wilberforce and all those great people that have led movements to the abolition of slavery. And then you get all the way up to... Uh, the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln and all the great movements. But I'm thinking, man, the Moravians. I think the Moravians are my heroes. Man, they, did, they didn't consider anything about this world. They just wanted others to experience Christ. But I want to show you something in Galatians 5. We talked about Galatians 5.1, Christ died to set you free. But I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 5, and I want you to look down at verse 19. Now, these are some clues that you're not following after Christ. These are some clues that you're not free. This is what the Bible says in chapter 5, verse 19, if you're held up in bondage, if you're held up in slavery. Look, listen to what it says. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. He didn't go, they're a little gray, they're a little hazy. He says they're very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful 
pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. I'm like, God, you want us to be free. You don't want us to be bound up in that stuff. Now, I'm not going to ask you which ones of these did you participate in or have you participated in the last month or have you been in over the last year. My prayer is that Christ died to set you free, real freedom, not to be bound up by the flesh. John 8, 32, a familiar verses, but listen, listen to the writer John. Oh, man. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth. We always hear that in the, in the legal profession. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free, boy. The truth will set you free, girl. Well, it will. It will in our court system. It, it's good, but it's so much greater for the soul. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, the Apostle Paul says here, for the, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. This morning, I don't know about you, but during our worship experience today, I sense the freedom of Christ in here as we worshiped him. How about you, church? There's, how about you, church? There's great freedom. But it's easy to have freedom at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. How about tomorrow afternoon? How about Thursday night? How about Saturday morning? Do you have freedom? Or you say, no, I'm bound up in some of these sins you talked about. John Stott, a great English theologian, says this. True freedom is being free from my silly little self in order to live responsibly to love God and to love others. He knew what freedom was not wandering off you know in the book of galatians i'll just tell you they were struggling with legalism they were struggling with circumcision and they were saying yes you need to have faith in christ but you need to have faith in christ plus something i want you to hear this carefully write it down having faith in christ plus something is always dangerous christ atones completely by himself no other sacrifice to be made nothing else to be done christ is enough you don't add anything to christ but the galatians they're the people they were just trying to add all this legalism and if you'll just have circumcision if you'll just do this then you can be a true follower of god you get saved by trusting in jesus christ and him alone if you let me just say this when you add to christ it's fatal don't add anything to jesus Jesus doesn't need anything to be added to him. Stand firm in the freedom that Christ has given you. Um, I, I read this story, and uh, I was a big baseball player growing up. I love baseball. And Babe Ruth, I remember reading a book one time in school about the Bambino and what a great baseball player he was. His lifestyle wasn't always that great, but he was, but I don't, I don't know, a lot of times that happens to baseball players. That's why, John Matuya, you're my hero. But, but here's the deal. There was this guy, he had an autographed baseball by Babe Ruth, and you can imagine, man, that was worth some dollars. And over the years, he would have it sitting in his house, and he noticed that the, um, the writing, the autograph on the baseball began to fade. It, it was losing some of its uh, shine. It was just, it, it was really kind of weak. It, 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 it was pitiful. So he thought he would improve, that he would add to that. So he took a pen. Can you believe that? And he traced very carefully Babe Ruth's signature on the baseball so everybody could see it real clearly. So what he did is he added to that which had already be, been done. He took something that was absolutely priceless and he made it worthless. Here's why I tell you that story. You see the story of grace, don't you? 
When you try to add to that which Jesus has already done, you make it worthless. And in the kingdom, Christ wants us to trust in his righteousness and be honored or robed with him and and filled with him and like him. So this morning, I would just say to us, fear prevents us from freedom. Fear keeps us back from having the freedom of the soul, freedom from what God uh, created us for. Um, This morning, there's uh, some of you could be uh, putting other things before God. Do you know you can take good things and put them before God and you don't experience freedom? You could take your mate, your spouse this morning, and you could so love them, which I pray you would, that would be uh, Ephesians 5, love your wives as Christ loved the church and, and all that great passage, and I'm not going to preach on marriage today. But when you put your spouse before Jesus, it's called idolatry. When you put your kids before Jesus, it's called idolatry. It's called sin. When you put your job or your possessions or whatever you have before God, it's called idolatry. God is a jealous God. He doesn't share his glory with anyone. So here's what God wants you and me to do today. If you want to be free, Lord Jesus, you're the most important. Jesus, you, you are Lord. You are most important, not, not my stuff, not my relationships, because we, we deface the work of God when we, become, when we elevate something else. This is so easy to preach, and it's so hard to do. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's just easy to take some relationship, and, you, you, and if you're honest, you put it before the Father. You take something, your occupation, your, your hobbies, you, your possession, your something, and you put it before him, and God's not pleased. Therefore, you suffer. You, you have selfishness. And Christ says, be exalted in me. Let me move to this with you. A gift from God, fill it in. A gift from God is maintained by faith in God. When God gives you a gift, you put complete faith in what he's given. You put faith in who he is. In Galatians 5, 13 and 15, we'll go back to this passage here. Let's go to those verses. You, my brothers and sisters, you're called to be free. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. We all know about that. But rather, look what he says, underline it if you've got a pen in your Bible. Serve one another. Serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law was fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Not using your freedom for self-indulgence, but using your freedom to give glory to the God of heaven. Not giving an open door for the sinful attitudes that tend to be rampant and tend to knock on us. Fill in the next blank. We're called to be free. Circle that word free. You and I are called to be free. Christ died that we might be set free. This morning, Jeff opened with a great song about freedom. We sang about freedom. The message today is about freedom. I'm praying somehow we're going to get this in our soul, and we're going to say, God, I don't want to indulge in the sinful flesh. I want to be set free from that. Christian freedom, let me say this. Christian freedom is doing what Christ wants. That's all Christian freedom is. It's doing what Jesus calls you and I to do. It's it's what Jesus tells us to do. It's what Jesus commands us to do in his word. And when we do the words of Jesus, man, we're free. And the the next one, quickly, serve one another. That's what it is. I mean, if you want application today, you're like, man, you've talked about all this God stuff, and you've talked about position in Christ, and I love that, and you've talked about the reality of heaven, and man, I like that, and Christ died to set me free, and man, that's awesome, Pastor. And now can I go home and have some chicken? Well, you could. But here's what I want you to do. Serve one another in love. Our whole church is studying a book in this fall. We're going to read one whole book together. And we're going to have it in all our small groups. I'm going to do a whole series on it. We're training all our small group leaders this summer about being the I2 church, a church of irresistible influence. 
And the whole premise of that book is serving the community. And the church said, in love. Not, well, you know, if you go to our church, you've got to get out and serve people. And it's just kind of stinky. No, man, we, we've missed the gospel at that point. Here's what I want us to do. I just want to have a brief prayer with you. We're going to do a song of worship here as we try to wrap up this uh, celebration leading up to the 4th. I know prayer warriors are going to be on both sides of the room. I know one of our elders, one of our elders is on the road. Other elders had to go work with the kids or something. But I know some of the intercessors are up here. The altar is open if you just want to pray. But I just want us to pray maybe a prayer of surrender. That that's how we gain freedom in Christ. And our prayers today that, man, you've had an experience with Christ. That you've drawn near to the throne of grace. And you're just grateful for what Christ is doing. Or maybe you're longing for a relationship with him. He's here. He would love to, uh, to come near. And we'd love to share that with you. Let us know. Let's bow our heads together. Father, I just pray that by your mercy and grace, you would draw us to your throne even now, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would have control. I pray that everybody that hears my voice in this living room, Everybody that will hear my voice over the web, I pray, God, that they would say, Lord Jesus, may you have control from this point forward. Show me, Jesus, how to love you. Show me, Jesus, how to serve you. Jesus, show me how to serve others. May you be on the throne of my heart. May you rule upon the throne of my heart. And Lord, as a result, may I learn to put this into practice to serve others. God, make us conscious of that one question today. If I am free, I have to serve others. Lord, show us in the power of the Holy Spirit how to serve one another. How to serve those that are like us. How to serve those that are not like us. How to serve those we don't like. How to serve those we love. Just show us how to uh, present and take action with the love of Christ. That's my prayer today. Lord, if there are people in this room that just need to walk to the road of the cross or they need to talk about things in their life, I pray they would move on this next song, Awakening or whatever song Jeff chooses to do. I pray they would move out and they would have a time with you and there'd be a trusted counselor or a friend that would assist. God, we declare we want to be free. In the name of Jesus Christ. 